0: Yo, welcome to Simple Talk Podcast. This is your host, Princess Stewart, CEO of Perfectly Simple. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, man, I've been on vacation for two weeks, and you know when I'm on vacay, they don't want me to work. So um, I'm back, and I'm at it again. Um, Today's topic is about me, just me. Nobody here is with me. It's just me. So um, I've been, people have been telling me for a while I need to tell my story Uh, because there's somebody out there who's going through what I went through, you know, who's been through what I went through and maybe they didn't come out on the same end as I did. Um So I just want to tell it. And also for those people who don't know me, who are getting to know me, just looking at, you know, they're just looking at me like, oh, life was sweet for her, da-da-da-da. Definitely wasn't sweet, man, and it's still not. So I just want to give it a breakdown of who Princess is, who really made Princess. How did how did this person become who I am today? And what keeps me motivated, man? What keeps me going? So here it is, hey, when you hear my story, don't judge me this is this is personal this is this is real this is authentic this is real simple talk the real me um i was born and raised in different beach uh well i was born in Fort Lauderdale, raised in different beach um i live with my grandparents and my mom for majority of my life well all of my life uh my my grandparents and my aunt you know they were yeah, they were the bigger influences on my life, you know. My mom was there, but, um, I mean, not to talk bad about her, but she wasn't really there. Um, you know, my aunt was the first person who took a listen to me wanting to play basketball. Uh, so she signed me up, and that became a passion. Uh, my grandparents, my grandma taught me how to be domestic when it comes to Living in the house, cooking, cleaning, all that good stuff, and my grandfather, he uh, taught me to hustle, man. He taught me, he taught me you can't let nothing stop you. Pretty much, that you just gotta rise up, even when it get dark. And um, I get that. My mom taught me that too, cause you know, it was a fight. It was, it was a fight, and I didn't realize she was fighting until I turned eleven. So uh, we were coming from New Jersey, and um, we were all in the car. We were driving from New Jersey. We had a family reunion, and my mom was in my car with my grandma Flo, and I was in the car with my aunt. And I remember my aunt, like, just started screaming. She started screaming. She started screaming, "Um, Chantel, Chantel. And I woke up out of my sleep, and I'm like, oh, my God, my mom, my mom, my mom. So... We just see my grandma like pouring at her, telling us to pull over, pull over, pull over. So my aunt jumped out of the car. She was like, y'all stay in the car, y'all stay in the car. So I jumped out of the car. And this was the first time at 11 years old I had ever seen my mom have a, a grandma seizure. And this is the first time that I had any knowledge of her having epilepsy. So imagine at 11 years old, you just came from having a blast with your family and you see your mom seizing, eyes rolling in the back of her head, foam coming out of her mouth, and you just like, whoa. So, you know, that took me for a toll at 11. So, after that, yeah, man, it, it it like they were coming frequently. And as I got older, you know, I can always tell when she would have them because the morning like that next morning she would wake up she would be talking funny, and I would ask her, you had a seizure? And she will say, how you know? And I can always tell because her tongue would be so swollen from her biting on her tongue. And um, I used to always be afraid, like, she would die in her sleep. So some mornings I would get up for school, and I would go in the room, and I would put my finger under her nose to... To make sure she still was breathing. And she would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just wanted to make sure you was good. Because I just, you know, that was a fear of mine. That she would die in her sleep. So I remember one day, oh man, one night. My brother, my little brother Gerald. He was sleeping in bed with her. And my room was across from hers. And I just heard, two. So I jumped up. And I ran in the room, and she was on the floor. And when I say that was like, that was it for me. That that broke me. That shattered me as a kid because physically seeing her lay on the floor seizing and me not being able to do anything broke me as a kid because I wanted to protect my mom. I wanted to make sure she was good. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I went to grab her, and my grandma was like, "Don't don't grab her, don't grab her if you grab her. It's going to hurt her worse than it will help her. So we ran to get a spoon. We tried to open her mouth to try to, like, you know, save the, her save her tongue so she wouldn't choke her tongue. But her jaws were so clenched and she was foaming out the mouth. So we just turned her on her side and there was nothing we could do. We just had to sit there and watch her seize until she, you know, it stopped. So I remember sitting outside after the ambulance picked her up and took her to the hospital. And I just remember sitting there. And my Debbie, she lived across the street from us. She lives across the street from my grandma. She came over and I was sitting outside and she was like, "You all right?" And I was like, "No, nah, I'm not." I was like, "That's that these seizures going to kill my mom. They they going to kill her." I was like, "She going she going to die from it." And she was like, all you can do is pray. So, you know, me and my mom, we ain't had the best relationship, but I love my mom. Of course, that's my mom. Um, We bumped heads a lot. Uh, I remember getting ready to go to school. She wrote me this letter. And I remember being so angry with her because as a kid, I used to always feel like she used to choose dudes over us. And I, I didn't really understand it, but I used to just be like, whatever, it is what it is. So I just got numb to it. So she wrote me a letter, and in the letter, she would, she told me that she wanted to build a strong relationship with me, that, you know, she wanted us to be closer, and, you know, she's proud that I'm going off to college, and, you know, she's happy to be my mom, happy I'm daughter, and all this kind of stuff. And me being me, a bratty teenager... I took the letter and threw it away. Yeah, I took the letter and threw it away. And that was the worst thing I could have did. But being a teenager, you don't even think about stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You just think, man, whatever. She talking, whatever, whatever. So I remember getting ready to go to college, her, um, us packing up. Me and my aunt and her, we drove over the Florida Gulf Coast. Um, Everything was good, so they dropped me off. I was super excited, and she was crying. I'm like, Mom, why are you crying? She was like, I'm just just crying. I don't want to leave you by yourself. You're not going to be home. I said, Mom, I'm an hour away. So my aunt was like, up, that girl going to be all right. You can come me and see her whenever you want. So, you know, school was going Good, it was a struggle at first. I was struggling, and um, I remember my aunt calling me, my aunt Tiffany, and she told me that my mom was in a hospital. and I was like, What? I was like, She in the hospital. I'm like, What? I'm like, and ain't nobody called me, like, What's up? So, um, I called my mom, and I'm like, Mom. I'm like, you in the hospital? And she like, yeah I'm in the hospital. I was like, mom, why you ain't tell me? She was like, because I didn't want you to worry. I didn't want you to be over there worried and trying to come home or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, listen, like, that's not your choice to make. Like, you you can't make that choice for me. You can't decide when you want to tell me stuff. Like, that's not fair. And she was like, she was like, well, I just didn't want you to worry because I know how you get. You, you worry. And I'm like, of course I'm worried. I'm like, now I'm worried because you didn't even tell me that you was in the hospital. So, she had been in there for a couple days, and, um, apparently, I don't know, I guess they might have told her something, like, she didn't have long to live, or something, something happened, I don't know, but, um, just probably, like, probably, like, it had to be, like, a, a month or two after that, um, I'm in school playing ball, I ended up tearing my meniscus. Um, tear my meniscus Tear my ACL My ACL was partially torn from high school So I called her and I told her I was like hey ma they saying that I might need a red shirt That I might need surgery so I might need a red shirt and she, We was talking and she was like um, She was like well Princess, you've been dealing with your knee For the last year so you might as well Just go ahead and sit out for the season Get it fixed and then you know come back stronger So I was like alright So that's what I'm going to do so in the middle of the conversation, she just was like, She was like, I'm gonna call you right back. She was like, I'm gonna call you back, okay? I'm gonna call you back. And I was like, All right. I kid you not. I kid you not. That was the last conversation I had with my mom. That was the last conversation. And when I see, to this day, I still wait for the call. I still wait for her to call me back, tell me she loved me, tell her she proud of me. Because that was... If I would have knew, I would have stayed on the phone. I wouldn't I would have let her hang up. So, the way I found out my mom died was crazy. I'm in class. I'm in speech class. I'm giving my speech. I had to prepare for this speech, like, all week. So, I was excited about the speech. I told the speech about my diabetes. For those of you who don't know, I'm diabetic, type 1. Um, I was diagnosed at 12. I'm insulin dependent. So... I was giving a speech about my diabetes, um, and I'm in the class. And I walk out the class, and I turn my phone back on, and I got all these miss, I got all these messages, voicemails. So I'm listening to the voicemail. The first voicemail I heard was, um, "I heard Miss Boynton." Miss Boynton was my ex boyfriend's mom. That's like, mom. I love her to death. So I hear her. She like, hey boo, you good? Da-da-da. I'm just calling and checking. I'm like, huh? Oh, this woman called me. Ah, oh, that's what's up. So then, I heard a call from my grandfather, and I knew something was weird because my granddad he never called me. He 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 never called me. I I called the house and talked to him. He's he's literally physically never picked up the phone and called me. And on the voicemail, he was like, "Princess, um." Call us back. Call us back when you get a chance. So I ain't even listen, I I called my homegirl, um I called my homeboy Tremaine, Come homeboy Tremaine Rally. He called me, I was like, What's up, bro? He was like, Bro, you good? I was like, Yeah, I'm good. I was like, What's your mind? He was like, Oh no, I was just calling in and checking on you. So then I called his Boy and I was like, Hey Mom She was like, Hey, you good? I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm like, What's up? She was like, I'm just calling and checking on you. She was like, How's your day going? I was like, Oh I'm just got out of class, get out of my speech. I just gave my speech or whatever. So then I called um, Keyshawn, my best friend. And I was like, hey, baby. She was like, hey, were well, you good? Da-da-da. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. So the last person I called was my granddad. I called a house. I called the house back. And when I called the house, my, granddad, my grandma answered the phone. So I was like, grandma. I was like, what's up, grandma? I was like, granddad called me? So she was like, yo. She was like, we need you to come home for a couple of days and I was like I was like why I, when she said I said where my mom at she was like I can't let you talk to your mama right now I said grandma where my mom at she said, she she can't come to the phone right now but Miss Boynton and Mr. Boynton they on their way to Naples to get you and I said what they need to get come get me for I can drive she was like no I don't want you to drive they gonna come get you we just we just we, you just need to come home for a couple of days I I knew then, I knew then that something was wrong with my mom. But you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't think she was dead. So I run over to the cave because my roommate over there. And I'm like, Candy, something wrong with my mom? And Candice's like, How you know? And I'm like, I don't know. People just keep calling me. Like my grandma talking. My DeAndre parents coming to get me, and I'm like, something wrong? And they want not let me to talk to her. So I'm I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And, um, I talked to my, I call my homegirl, Crystal Randolph, called me and I'm talking to her and no, my daddy called me. No, I called my daddy. And when, when my daddy answered the phone, first thing he said was, oh, I'm so sorry, baby girl, your mama daddy in her sleep. I, I literally broke. I broke. I, I, like, I fell to the ground because, like, I was like, what? I'm like, nah. I'm like, dad, you lying. He like, yeah, they called me, and they told me what happened, and I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. So I threw the phone. So my roommate picked up the phone. She was talking to my dad, and she hung up the phone. So... When she hung up the phone, my homegirl, Chris ran off, called me. And Krista was like, Krista was like, she was like, P, I'm so sorry. And I just was like, I was like, I just, I was in shock. Like, I just, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I just, I just knew it was a lie. I just knew. So I hung on the phone, and I called my, I called my auntie, Blondie, and I was like, I was like, Blondie. What I was like, what's going on with my mama? And she was like, um, she was like, they saying she had a seizure in her sleep and whatever, whatever. And um, she gave the phone to my little brother, and I was like, Jamal, I was like, bro, what's wrong with mama, bro? Tell me what's wrong with mama. And he was like, he was like, bro, they say mama died, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this this can't be real. Like, this this gotta be like a lie. I was just talking to her yesterday, like legit. So, my coach came out the, at the calf, and he see me crying. So he like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm like, they said my mom died, coach. And he was like, he just looked at me, and I, I looked at him, and he was like, all right, we we're gonna go back to the apartment. And I told him that my grandma told me that they was on their way up to get me. So as we walk in to get on the golf cart so they could take me back to the to the apartment, it was a tractor trailer coming. And my first reaction was jumping in front of the tractor trailer. The tractor trailer was driving, and I literally jumped. But it was like my coach knew I was going to do it because as soon as I jumped, he grabbed me. He was like, it's not your time yet. It's not your time yet. He was like, people still need you here. And I was like... I was like, boss, I, I, I was like, coach, I need my mama, like, you, you saying, you saying people need me, I need her, like, I, I need my mama, like, what is you, what are you talking about, so, as we driving back to the apartment, I'm, um, I'm hysterical, so, we sitting in the apartment, they, my teammates packing my stuff, I, I salute my teammates, man. Like they was crying with me, they packing my stuff they they like he, he's gonna be all right blah, 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 everything so um yeah october thirty first october thirty first yep she had just turned forty her birthday was october seventeenth like hardest month year like year of my life october thirty first two thousand four My old girl left me. And, like, when I said it was the hardest time in my life, man, like, I didn't think I was going to make it. It was so many times I thought about killing myself, like, thought about just ending it because I just felt like I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And the only thing that kept me going was my brothers. And I remember coming home and... I remember just my aunt being hysterical. My sister, my sister. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, I had to leave because I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal. Like, it was just so hard. It was just so dark. It was just everything you can imagine hard being. So, the whole week, I I stayed at my dad's house. Um... I, I didn't go to the wake because it was just too hard for me. Uh, the funeral the funeral broke me, and broke whatever little pieces I did have. And when I finally did see her body, like I can I can I can I can relive that whole moment vividly in my head. That's how like traumatic it was. It was so traumatic, and it's still traumatic to this day. And like. I don't talk about this story. I don't tell people this story because it's so hurtful. It's so hurtful. And it hurt right now talking about it. But you know what? I know somebody who young and who lost their parent and who, you know, they going through it. I know because I went through it. You know what I'm saying? And like, all I can say, it, it has to get better. If you If you let the darkness break you, it will. But you have to believe that god don't do things for no reason and for a while it took me some time to get back to believing in god because after that happened i just couldn't understand how god could take you through so much pain how can he how can he like let you deal with so much alone because i didn't have nobody to talk to um then i ended up getting sick my diabetes was messed up i had knee surgery and I ended up getting really sick, and I got hospitalized for three months. And I was on the verge of dying. Like, I had got staph infection um, in my knee, and it started to get into my bloodstream. So they had to tell my dad they were going to amputate my knee, my leg, to save my life. And for a while, I had lost faith. And in that moment, I gained faith back. When I, when I say God, God will bring you back. When you, when you stop believing, he will bring you back to know that he is real. And, like, I'm a firm believer in that. Like, my God is a great God. He's a powerful God. And I just, I questioned him. And I, I, I apologize in every way that I questioned him. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, even now, like it's hard. It's hard. It's hard, being, it's hard being me. Because every day I wake up and I want to have that parent. Is I envy my wife because she has both her parents and she has a relationship with her parents. I envy that because I want that. But that that experience, I literally took that pain and I turned it into motivation because my mom wanted me to finish college. I did. I wanted to quit. I flunked that. I, I wanted to quit, but... I got my shit together and I went back to school and I got a degree. I got a degree in criminal justice. Um It was hard. But I did it. And I did it for her. And me being an entrepreneur and wanting financial freedom and wanting better for myself. That's because my mama. Like, I, I wanna I wanna be great for her. I like I want her to I want her to smile and be like. I'm I'm good. Like she she's doing a good job. She she's somebody. Like I I want that. And I will get that. Because the way my guy set up he told me this is for me. And I know I know I, I know I gotta be making my old girl happy. And when I say, whoever, whoever listening to this, if you going through something so dark, so dark that you feel like you can't come out of it, I promise you, bro. I promise you. And I say this with everything in me, it's a light at the end of the tunnel, man. You, you need to talk to somebody. You need to go sit and, like, break down. You need to cry. You need to do all those things because I didn't. I held it in for so long, and then when I got my wife, I started talking about it. I started, like, you know, crying about it, and I'm beginning to heal from the situation. You know, I'll never forget, but I'm able to live life and not be miserable without my mom because even though she's gone, she's not dealing with the pain she was dealing with that she had to deal with every single day. And when I, when stuff get hard for me, I think about my mom living the pain every day. This this just for the moment. Suck it up and keep it going. But you going through something dark? I get on your knees and pray. Ask God to guide you. If you don't believe in God, you got to believe in something. You have to believe in something. Pray. Ask for healing. Ask for understanding. And no, God ain't gonna do you no way, man. He'll never put nothing on you that you cannot bear. It. Cause I swear to God, I felt like I couldn't bear it. Like. My two brothers, I'm so proud of them. Like they were, they were kids. They was babies. I was 18. They was babies, and they dealing with that, and they doing great. My oldest brother, Gerald, he's a firefighter. He's an EMT. My youngest brother, he's a mechanic at uh Chevy. So they both, I'm both proud of them. My, my youngest brother has two beautiful kids, a boy and a girl. And I'm proud of them, man, because what they experienced, what we experienced, it could have it could have made life, we, we could have took life a whole different way just off of that. But we decided not to. We decided to do better and be better. And I know my mom was proud of us because a lot of people doubted us. And when I say my aunt, she the cope. She stepped up, no hesitation. She stepped up, no hesitation. She literally, she ain't even second-guess it. Like, whatever we needed, she was there. And I owe her my life for that. She was there for my two brothers. And I respect that My My uncle was, too. So, I appreciate that. I really do. But i ain't mean to get all emotional on the podcast and you know but when i say that experience it, it still shakes me it, it still bothers me but it also motivates me to keep going because there are times where i want to give up i want to give up i want to stop i just want to be nothing but because i have something to prove i have to but if you in a dark space talk to somebody man talk to somebody don't care if somebody judge you it, it you will feel better surround yourself with people who care about you like you can't get through this you will get through this talk to god he's there i promise you he does and he listening he come at the right time might not be the time you want him to but he comes when when he needs to so with that being said Y'all have a good night, man. And I wish y'all blessings and empowerment and whatever you going through the light, it will it it will end. The storm don't last always. Light cometh in the morning. But well, with that being said, man, y'all go shop with me, man. PerfectlySimp Yeah, man. Y'all have a good one. I appreciate y'all listening. If you did listen, yo.